Welcome, folks, to Courtside, a discussion of Donald Trump and, well, the legal mess he's in. It's day 69, and there was one big action in court, and it was in the big one, the United States Supreme Court. The justices today denied a slew of requests from Donald Trump and from Team Kraken to expedite consideration of their cases. Nine to zero. Losers. Not one justice said they'd agree with this nonsense. Not one. You know, and it reminded me of something our current Chief Justice John Roberts said. Um, he used to run the Supreme Court practice at, at my firm. And one day he called one of his clients and said, you know, client, I've got bad news for you. And the client says, what, what? And he says, well, I have to regret to inform you that you lost your case in the Supreme Court nine to zero this morning. And the client says, nine to zero? How could that have happened? And John Roberts replied, well, I guess there weren't 10 justices. And that's basically how I feel about Donald Trump's litigation strategy, start to finish. It's been a joke, and it's basically over at this point. The gravity of the action today was across the street, and will cross one first street at the Capitol building. An impeachment charge was brought against Donald Trump. It was a single charge about inciting violence. There may be the action they may take up tomorrow, adding an additional count about the Georgia cheating that he was engaged in and so on. But right now it's focusing on that. And, you know, before I get into impeachment, I just want to remind you of something that happened about, frankly, 30 courtside episodes ago. Everything moves so fast. It's hard. We sometimes forget things. But I do want to remind you about this statement. We made it a big deal on courtside back on December 1st, 40 days ago. Gabe Sterling, that Georgia elections official, gave a press conference, and here's part of what he said. Mr. President, you have the right to go through the courts. What you don't have is the ability to do, and you need to step up and say this, stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Somebody is going to get hurt. Somebody is going to get shot. Somebody is going to get killed. It's chilling to read that from 40 days ago. Um, that is the basis of what this impeachment article is all about. And Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House today, said in, uh, that, look, if you uh, unanimously agree to consider in the House that Vice President Pence should invoke the 25th Amendment, then we won't talk impeachment. We'll talk 25th Amendment. But the Republicans said no. So tomorrow they're going to vote on that resolution to basically urge Pence or require Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment. And on Wednesday, under the current schedule, there will be a vote on impeachment. I've been told to clear my schedule at 9 a.m. Um, for uh, for this vote. And so I do think it's moving. It's moving very fast. Momentum is fast, as we've talked about. Representative Ciceline, who uh, is one of the people drafting that article today, said that a majority now, 218 members of the House, support this. And this time it's interesting because the Republicans are jumping on the bandwagon too. They're early adopters. Even Liz Cheney is thinking of voting for impeachment, according to the reports. So, you know, between the veto override of President Trump last week and this week, the Republicans who now support impeachment, Donald Trump has done more for bipartisanship in the last month than in the rest of his entire presidency. Nonetheless, you have, you know, the Trump apologists 
uh, the Insurrectionist Caucus and the like who are opposing impeachment and stuff. Lindsey Graham, for example, today said, there's not enough time to do impeachment. He'll be out of office soon. I mean, give me a break. Before the election, he was saying you can't impeach Trump because you have to wait for it because the election will be the referendum. So you got to wait for the election. Now that the election's over and he's about to leave, you can't do it because he's about to leave. I mean, when in the world do these people think an impeachment is ever appropriate? Except when, of course, it's a Democratic president and a, you know, kind of weak set of charges about intimate affairs and lying about them. Well, some other members of the House sent a letter asking that Joe Biden convince Nancy Pelosi to stop impeachment, saying, quote, in the spirit of healing and fidelity to our Constitution, you must send this letter. Well, in that spirit, where is the letter these folks had sent to Donald Trump asking him to resign? Again, give me a break. Now, yesterday I went through some of the process of impeachment. I want to finish that so you can have your kind of deep dive historical lesson on impeachment. So the Constitution, as we talked about, doesn't actually provide much guidance on how to par how to impeach a president. And instead, many of the protocols have been developed by Congress over the last two centuries. And honestly, we're still trying to figure some out. But we have some sense of how impeachment works because the procedures that the Senate used for Trump's first impeachment were modeled on the procedures for the impeachment of Bill Clinton. And those procedures were modeled on the ones adopted for President Johnson's impeachment more than a century earlier. And so what that process is, as we've talked to, started to talk about yesterday, the House of Representatives starts, they introduce those articles of impeachment or here, at least right now, article of impeachment. That's like a criminal indictment. It specifies, here's what Trump you did that was wrong. Not saying it's criminal. It doesn't pour, you know, if he's convicted, it doesn't mean he goes to jail. It means he's disqualified from future office holding potentially and he's removed from office. This is what it's about. It's not about throwing someone in jail. Now, the House is going to vote on that. It looks like they'll vote on it Wednesday. And then they will choose when to send that up to the Senate. And the timing question here is interesting. I'll talk about it in a moment. But just for now, those articles are going to arrive in the Senate. And per Article 1, Section 3, Clause 6 of the Constitution, senators are then to take a special oath to, quote, do impartial justice according to the Constitution and the laws. And to mark the solemnity of the proceeding, the Constitution says in it, when you're trying the president for impeachment, it is the Chief Justice of the United States, John Roberts, the same fellow we were talking about before, who's going to preside. And there'll be arguments made on both sides. The argument for impeachment made by what are called House managers. They're people in the House of Representatives who were selected for that task. You may, re may remember Representative Adam Schiff was one of those managers. And the case against impeachment is made by the president's lawyers or yours, as, as, as I call them, yours. Um, and the chief justice will be deciding in this what evidence is admissible or inadmissible, but he, he can be overruled by a simple majority of the U.S. Senate. And after all the evidence has been presented, the Senate is then to take up and vote on any articles of impeachment. If there's more than one, then they'll vote on them separately. And the thing here, it's interesting. They don't just vote on the law. They vote on the facts and justice. This is what the legal scholar Charles Black said, who's the leading scholar of impeachment. He said, every senator is, quote, 
registering his best judgment on the facts and on the law. That means he's answering two questions. Did the president do what he's charged with doing? And if he did, did that action constitute an impeachable offense within the meaning of the constitutional phrase? If fewer than 67 votes say yes, then the president is acquitted. If 67 or more say, yeah, we're going to convict you, then he is convicted. And then he's removed from office if he's currently a sitting president. And then there can be a separate vote in the Senate by majority vote, not a two-thirds one, to decide whether or not he should be disqualified from future office holding. So basically, all that means is that all that together, it means the Senate, by majority vote, is going to decide on the rules for impeachment. And that's pretty important because the Senate is about to flip because of Georgia. And so if this trial is delayed until after approximately January 20th, when the new Senate is sworn in, then it means the Democrats will write the rules. They'll write the rules for evidence, write the rules for witnesses um, and the like. And of course, the chief justice could, is going to have a role to play as well. But it does change the dynamics. And it may mean we'll have a real trial of Donald Trump as opposed to the Soviet thing that we had back in his first impeachment. Now, the Senate rules also say now we're going to move to that whole timing question. You know, normally when you get impeachment in the Senate, it's prioritized. It's the very first thing that happens under the Senate rules. That's a big problem for right now for Joe Biden, because he's got, frankly, a national pandemic, an international pandemic to deal with. He's got economic distress that all of us are facing and we are experiencing and watching and our hearts go out to these people. You know, you know, a minimum wage that's pathetic at $7.25 that needs to be raised, all sorts of environmental stuff, small business relief, a ton of things. And he obviously doesn't want his agenda to be hijacked by, once again, Donald Trump. Um, and so what he's done today is he's asked the Senate parliamentarian, is it possible to basically do the impeachment trial for half the day and then Senate business for the other half of the day, at least to can, you know, get his cabinet nominees confirmed and things like that. And so they're evaluating that. My guess is that is going to be a successful strategy because after all, that was basically what happened in Trump's first impeachment because Trump, um, in that he was being, he was being tried at the same time as the U.S. Supreme Court was sitting and the Chief Justice couldn't be in two places at once. So Chief Justice Roberts spent the morning, um, with us in court at 1st Street at the Supreme Court. And then in the afternoon would walk over the street and do the, uh, impeachment trial. Uh, and so we already have a precedent for these half days already. And so I suspect that that will be what would happen. It's not clear that the Chief Justice, I actually suspect he won't preside over the impeachment trial of Donald Trump because it's a former president, not a current one. And by the way, there is a little debate about whether or not a former official can be impeached. My view is the answer to that is yes. Indeed, we did so in 1876 with Secretary Belknap. Indeed, at the time the impeachment clause was written in the Constitution, the practice in England was to make impeachment available for former officials. And of course, remember, the Constitution itself says in it, the punishment for impeachment and conviction is not simply removal, but the possible disqualification from future office holding. Now, why is that important? And this is where I'll wind up tonight. 
It's important not because we think that Donald Trump needs to be disqualified from 2024 because he might win. This is a man who is now incapable of winning an election to be dog catcher. He can't. He's toxic. His career, his reputation, his legacy is destroyed. I mean, sure, he's got some, you know, a small percentage of the population or maybe, you know, larger, more than a a small percentage, but never are enough to make this man president again. The case for doing this is not that. The case for doing it is because we need to set a basic line in our society about what we expect, the minimum we expect for a president. And it is really minimal. Like, don't tell your folks to go and, you know, invade the Capitol. Tell the truth about the election. Don't cheat behind closed doors and try and pressure state officials to do what you want. And of course, you know, from my perspective, don't try and cheat with foreign power as well as you did last time around. We have a chance to set the record straight about what happened under this presidency. Impeachment and disqualification of Donald Trump presents that opportunity. And so that's why tonight I'm incredibly optimistic that uh, this impeachment will succeed, that Donald Trump will be convicted, that he'll be disqualified from future office holding, and uh, that this, you know, long national nightmare uh, will be over. So with that, that's Courtside. I'll see you tomorrow.